Vegas White Sox Weekly, your all-access pass to everything White Sox. That baby will go! Lance Lynn with an absolute gem. Well, the Open hits different this morning. Happy Saturday, happy St. Patty's Day to all, and happy baseball to every White Sox fan out there. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly, and we've got a season. Tyler Aki's our producer. He and I have been waiting and waiting and waiting to have this show, this very show, the one where we get to tell you that baseball is back, the lockout is over, and that the season will start very, very soon. Here's the plan for the show this morning. Baseball's got a new CBA. The White Sox are reporting to camp this weekend, and all sorts of things could be happening very, very quickly. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. There have been a lot of changes to baseball in this new CBA, and quite frankly, there are still going to be some changes uh, to the way the game is played, both on and off the field, that could take place over the next few days that, that we're going to learn about. So if you're, you know, like everybody else, kind of waking up on this St. Patty's Day, reading through your Twitter timeline or clicking through your subscriptions or, you know, trying to figure out breakfast for the kids or all that kind of stuff and thinking, boy, I wonder how baseball has changed. Give us a ring. We're happy to help. We think we've got a pretty good handle on what's new in baseball for 2022 and beyond. There are some new rules, some new setups, a new playoff format, all kinds of different things. And we'll go through quite a bit of them here on the show this morning. But if you have something specific, you got a brand new question about baseball due to this new CBA, give us a ring. We'll get you squared away before we start spring training here at the end of the week. I'll let you know about that in just a second, too. Uh, also, here's the big question I think a lot of White Sox fans have on the top of their minds. What's next? You know, the 2021 White Sox were a blast. Were a blast. And they won the AL Central, and that was absolutely fun. They're going to try and do it again here in 2022. So if your question is, what's next for the White Sox? Who is it that needs to get signed? Or maybe you got an opinion on that one way or the other. 312-332-3776. No, I know it's not St. Patty's Day today. I'm half Irish. I should know that. In fact, I think a, I think a piece of my brain lights up when it actually is St. Patty's Day. Uh, but we're celebrating it downtown. The river gets dyed green. I think what in like an hour, Tyler. I think like ten fifteen. Believe is when that's they, right. Yeah, they send the trucks out for that. Isn't everyone half Irish? Today? And the whole parade is yeah. no, no. You're not all half. Those of us who are half Irish are half Irish, and the rest of you are like politely welcome. Yeah, of course, everybody's half Irish. It's St. Patty's Day. Welcome in. Welcome aboard. You secure your spot this season with a White Sox ticket package, the best way to get the best seats at the best prices, plus enjoy postseason priority, flexible payment plans, and more. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. So we've got a, we've got a season we're going to play. All 162 games. Spring training starts at the end of next week. The CBA came together kind of, you know, through fits and starts and arguments and walkaways and all this kind of stuff. It, it wasn't pretty. And I think for a lot of people, whether it's whether we're talking about baseball or actual, you know, the actual sausage, nobody likes to see how the sausage gets made. Uh, but we all did 
over the last three months or so. 99 days is how long we waited for this lockout to be resolved between the Players Association and ownership and Major League Baseball. Uh, It is done, and we've got a season ready to go. Opening day for the White Sox is a bit different than it was. And, And quite frankly... Some of these things in terms of game times and double header schedules, all that kind of stuff, could be subject to change. Now, we think we've got most of it down in terms of the regular season. Spring training, though, and I should tell you, peel back the curtain just a little bit. We're going to broadcast at least eight games here on the network. Eight spring training games. Really looking forward to bringing you those. The schedule is being worked out, and start times are as well. But Saturday's game, the 19th against Cleveland, the first White Sox game of any kind here in 2022, you'll catch it right here on ESPN 1000, the White Sox radio network. So don't worry about that at all. You're going to want to make sure you follow at ESPN White Sox on Twitter. That's where we're going to release all the information as broadcast times get set, as schedules change, if they do. Um, You know, this is getting thrown together pretty, I don't want to say slapdash, but definitely quickly. And that's going to change just a little bit of uh, the the day-to-day procedures. Now, opening day for the White Sox, for all of baseball, April 8th. The White Sox are going to be in Detroit opening things up Friday, April 8th against the Tigers, a a very new-look Tigers team. Remember, and we're going to spend a lot of White Sox weeklies over the next few weeks kind of resetting where the division is, where the White Sox are, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Because, frankly, it's been a while since we've got to talk about roster kind of baseball. Uh, So there's going to be that. The home opener for the White Sox, April 12th, it's a 3-10 start against the Seattle Mariners. It's three against Seattle and then three against the Tampa Bay Rays. So you got a whole six-game slate to get yourself to guaranteed rate right in the, uh, what would that be, the second week of April. Hopefully the weather's just a little bit better. Now, I found it interesting that all throughout these negotiations, through the, throughout these talks, we heard a lot about the cancellation of games, the potential cancellation of games. And in fact, Rob Manford twice, two times, canceled games in the regular season, only to bring them back. So a credit to the negotiation, or at least the effort that got thrown together over the last week, week and a half, between the league and the Players Association to get back to a 100 and 62 game season. It is not without its costs. Doubleheader is going to be played all over the place to make up for the crunched schedule. And then three games are going to be added on to the end of the season. So we're going to go a little bit longer into October with the regular season than we had in the past. Now, a lot of things to remember about how this new season, this new CBA for this year and years to come is going to change. Not only are there going to be doubleheaders, but they're going to be nine innings. We're back to the nine-inning doubleheader format, and that's not just for this season, but that is ostensibly going forward as well. I, for one, you know, Tyler, I don't know how you feel. I, I miss, I will miss the seven-inning doubleheaders. I think it solved some problems, um, but altogether, I, I will admit the problems that those seven-inning doubleheaders did solve weren't that big a deal. The problems weren't necessarily crippling the game by any stretch. I always thought it was fascinating to see how the strategy changed. See, and that like was fun Kopech for me. gets a start here. The, oh, we feel a little bit better about extending our starter to try to go the full seven, and then we can have a bullpen in the next game. I, I enjoyed the strategy part of that. I'm not necessarily going to miss them, per se. The one thing that I may be in the minority of here, 
I really enjoyed the runner on second. Ah, now that is gone. The runner on second base in extra innings, regardless of whether that's the eighth in a seven-inning game. or the, You know what? It doesn't matter. The ghost runner, the zombie runner, it's gone. So you liked it. I did like it. I, I thought it was... I don't mind the change in the regular season. I'm with you though. Like the for the playoffs, oh, yeah. it, it has to be normal. Yeah, it's gotta be. But for the regular season, like I don't need to see 13. And it felt like every single one of these extra inning games, you never saw it go past 11. Yeah, there was. I think there was one or two that went to 13, and I think they were West Coast baseball, so nobody stayed up for it anyway, or at least nobody here. Um, I got used to the runner on second, but I can't say that I'm going to miss it. You know, I, I can't say that it's going to be something that I pine for, not in the way that the seven-inning doubleheaders would go away. Um, we will also, speaking of new rules, we'll have the DH in the National League. Uh, I know a lot of National League fans, my, my brother and well, stepbrother included, are, are gnashing their teeth at sometimes about losing the National League DH. But I think, by and large, this was a long time coming. And I mean, like... This probably could have happened the year I was born. Like, if we'd have done this in 85, people have been like, yeah, that sounds right. That's, that's, it's about time to have this DH in the National League. So we will have that. Pitchers can still hit. I mean, you don't have to use the DH. And extra innings are weird, so guys can come in and, and pinch hit or whatever. Um, I'm ready for the DH. And as it happens, uh, Tyler's on the news watch this morning. There, there have not been a lot of signings so far, although we will get to one big-name signing, Carlos Rodon leaving the White Sox and heading over to the San Francisco Giants when we get back from quick break here. Uh, but the Nelson Cruz situation is interesting. The, he's not signed a deal yet, and I only bring up Nelson Cruz because he's back in play for the National League now. Because that DH is going to be in the other half of the league. Cruz, obviously, at 40, I want to say, two, is just a DH at this point. Has been for a while. This opens up his marketplace and and the marketplace of a lot of other hitters back to half of the league. So that's an interesting little tweak. Now, here's the one that's got me just a little bit. I'll say this about all the rules changes, all the different formats, all the CBA, right? I am am thrilled to have baseball back. Just absolutely thrilled that the White Sox are going to get it rolling here at the end of next week to start spring training. And you're going to hear it all right here on ESPN 1000. There are some things about this CBA that I'm not wild about. Negotiations are what they are. I didn't have a hand in the decision making. Lord knows. Um, but but if I express any displeasure about this rule or that rule or whatever, just know that it comes kind of set aside. Right. Thrilled to have baseball back. Happy we're going to watch the thing. There's a couple of things I don't like, but believe me, I'll get over it. And I think that's where a lot of baseball fans sit right now. I think that's where a lot of their, a lot of our angst and and um, and trepidation kind of got set aside. We get that this all had to happen in order for us to have baseball. Some sides got what they want, some didn't, some had to compromise, and those of us who did not want to see expanded playoffs, well, we're not getting our wish. The playoffs have opened back up to twelve teams. It's a twelve-team playoff. There will be no ghost wins. It'll be a best-of-three series to get things started, and there will be no reseeding of the teams once the playoff rounds, that first round goes. I'm not wild about expanded playoffs because I think baseball's 162 games does a lot to determine who the best team is. And often, when you get into short series, weird things happen because that's how baseball works. It's not something I'm crazy about. I get that it had to happen. We are in an era of expanded playoffs all throughout the four major sports here in North America. 
Um, TV rights are what they are, and TV money is large. So that matters, too. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I, I think it's, it's going to draw, I think, some eyes. If that's what it took to get baseball here, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. And if that's what yeah. it takes to continue to have... The, like lesser like we don't get locked out again yeah. if that's what it takes like i'm cool with it i'm glad they didn't do the ghost wins part because then you're basically saying we want expanded playoffs without having expanded playoffs yeah so if you missed the ghost win conversation we talked a little bit about it last week that would be where if you start this best of three series right the higher seed would be automatically awarded a win by virtue of being the higher seed that is your that's your advantage for being like a home field advantage. It's, almost. it's like because yeah. home field doesn't matter all that much in baseball. You see, even in, in, in the National League, in National Football, na- the National Football League, I think that's what they call it. It's just the shield. Everybody knows it. Home field advantage is even decreased there. It used to be you get three for being at home. Now it's like one and a half when you come to the batting line. But regardless, that's not happening. And you're going to play a true best of three series. So that's just the start of some of the new rules here in the CBA. Rick Hahn, White Sox general manager, spoke with the assembled White Sox beat yesterday. You can hear the latest from Rick about where the White Sox are headed next. Free agency is open. And one of the names that contributed in such an amazing way to the White Sox in 2021 has moved on to a new club. We'll talk about Carlos Rodon and his new home when we come back. You can start planning your outing in the ballpark. It's perfect for family reunions, fundraisers, and more. Plus... It's the best way to save on single-game prices for your group. After all, White Sox games are better with a group. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. Back with White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. We are talking White Sox. This is White Sox Weekly. If you missed the show, we put the podcast up on the ESPN Chicago app. So listen on your time. White White Sox Sox Weekly, ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Baseball's back. White Sox Weekly. We've been here for you throughout the lockout, all 99 days of it. But we are, uh, I mean, let's be honest. We're having a better show today than we have over the last 99 days because we've got baseball to talk about. You can treat yourself to the best White Sox, the best the White Sox rather have to offer with premium seating. Learn more about our exclusive spaces and world-class amenities. We've got the perfect package for you, your family, or your business. For more information, call or text 312 312- Six seven four one thousand, or visit whitesocks.com. What's next for the White Sox? Want to hear from you? Give us a ring or hit us on Twitter at ESPN White Sox. I'm at C1 McKnight. Want to know what you think uh, the next move for the Sox should be? Although you're going to hear from Rick Hahn in this segment about where he's at. Oh, we've got is breaking there it is. news. See, I told Chicago's you. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Tyler's got the breaking news sounder. It is ready to fire. One ping only, please. What has happened, Tyler? We are getting some free agent movement. I love A it. former White Sox is on the move. Steve Ciszek is heading to the Nationals Steve on a one-year deal. Ciszek. And also, another name that I'll float to you. This is from John Heyman. Oh. He says the Johnny Cueto market is heating up. So if you were hoping the White Sox may be in on a starting pitcher, 
Johnny Cueto could be a name. For well, him. how about that for a transition? I was just going to play some sound from Rick Hahn talking a little bit about the White Sox looking for pitching depth. That works out really well. Johnny Cueto's for sure a name I was interested in. There's a lot of people tell you that Johnny can still do something for you out there on the mound. Um, want to finish up a couple of things. Tyler's got the breaking news sounder, so if anybody signs or gets traded or moves anywhere, because we can do that again, uh, we'll be playing that breaking news sounder for you and letting you know. Uh, last night, Carlos Rodon signed with the San Francisco Giants. It looks like he will play, uh, pay, or rather be paid, $21.5 million in 2022, 22.5 in 2023. There are some, uh, I believe there's an option involved in that second year of the contract. The White Sox did not offer a qualifying offer to Rodon. If they had and he'd signed with the Giants, they would have recouped a draft pick. That qualifying offer, though, worth about 18 and a half, 18 and three quarters at the time. And I don't think that structure has changed necessarily. It would have changed with the new CBA. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's entirely possible um, that the White Sox perhaps calculated things a little bit differently than the Giants did. Rode on over to San Francisco, though. I mean, man, talk about Carlos going over to a pitcher's ballpark like that with the stuff that he had for the bulk of the 2021 season with the White Sox. Good on you, Carlos. I saw I saw somewhere, I forget which reporter it was, that uh, which Giants reporter it was, he'll make more over the course of this deal than he has in his first, you know, his whole, his whole career. So that's great. It's the exact situation you like to see players get into, a real cash-in kind of situation. He bet on himself. He was non-tendered by the White Sox, came back on the $3 million deal, uh, and now gets to cash in in free agency. And could darn well do it again uh, with just a two-year deal? And if he stays healthy, of course, he's, you know, we saw him last year, one of the, uh, one of the preeminent arms, uh, certainly lefties in Major League Baseball. So that was a blast. Good luck to Carlos Rodon. So Steve Ciszek to the Nats on a one-year deal. And some news about Johnny Cueto. I guess his market is heating up. That from was that Heyman, Tyler? Was that, that was John, Heyman? Yes. John Heyman had that. Uh, he did some stellar reporting throughout the lockout, keeping keeping everybody up to date there. Uh, now Rick Hahn talked yesterday to White Sox beat reporters, and I'm going to play a couple of cuts from for you because I think it helps set up where that front office is, where the White Sox front office is, and and right now. You know, I would say, where, oh, here's where the White Sox are. And that would include everyone. But because this lockout mandated that front offices, that teams, could not talk with players, except for in very specific circumstances, the White Sox are very much, and so is every team in baseball, they're still in intake mode. They're finding out how guys are, you know, physically. What were you able to do during this lockout? Did the um, did your offseason go well? Were you able to pick up a baseball? Do you remember what a baseball is? You know, all these kind of things. They're important questions that need to be asked and answered by each individual player. So Rick Hahn kind of gave a, an opening statement yesterday, talked about the roster, and, and I will also play for you his expectation that pitching depth, pitching depth, getting more arms, will be more crucial this year and especially for the White Sox than in years past. Here's how Rick Hahn opened his media session yesterday. It's, it's hard for me to properly articulate how excited we are uh, that there's a deal in place, that we're all fully back to work and looking for ways to build upon what we feel is a very strong team. Uh, we have players starting to show up at the complex today, as you may know, those of you who are still out there, uh, who I saw earlier in the week, looks like you are James. Um, 
And by Sunday, we hope to have just about everyone uh, in in camp and, and ready to go. Obviously, uh, we've just been able to reconnect with our players in the last 18 hours or so. Uh, I expect there'll be a, a visa issue or two to work through, but uh, we will keep you posted come Sunday about where everyone's at if, for whatever reason, they're not in camp. So... With that, I'll throw it open to questions. Oh, and there were many questions that James, he was talking about. It's James Fegan of The Athletic, friend of the show. He's down in Glendale. Uh, and visa issues. We haven't seen any pop-up yet for the White Sox, but like Rick said, uh, they happen. So you just kind of expect that. It is a crunched spring training this year uh, and a crunched regular season, too. Just looking through, uh, the league has had to cut out, and, and Players Association have agreed to cut out a lot of off days. Uh, there's a stretch of, uh, I want to say, 19 in the uh, middle of April, Seattle all the way to Minneapolis from the 12th all the way to the 24th in April. There's another real long stretch in May. The White Sox play in Boston on the 6th. Three, then three against Cleveland, four against New York, four against Kansas City, three against New York, then the off day uh, road trips bookending both of those uh, that home series. So there's there's a lot of baseball to get played, and doubleheaders are going to be, I, I think, a frequent um, visitor, I think, for a lot of teams. Uh, that means that pitching depth, huh, Rick Hahn says, pitching depth will be key. I think the the combination of the shortened ramp up, the lack of uh, dialogue over the last few months, uh, as well as obviously our our high expectations for this season, uh, has created the expectation that pitching depth is going to be a, a priority. Uh, I think all 29 other clubs would probably say something similar in terms of trying to protect those very important uh, elements of the club. But certainly from our perspective, being able to uh, start the season off with the depth we need and and build uh, hopefully for over seven plus months of baseball, uh, having that pitching depth is going to be key. So not only will the attrition affect arms as it always does, but due to the compressed schedule, you're going to have even more of that. You add on to the fact, at least for the White Sox, that Michael Kopech will be in the rotation for the first time in his big league career. Not that you have to necessarily put kid gloves on to deal with him and his innings, but you certainly have to be cognizant that this is his first time through, that he is a very highly rated arm. Uh, you saw what he was able to do in some of his doubleheader starts last year. Uh, things did flag a little bit down the stretch in the last month or so for Kopech. But obviously, you know, as a, as a top-tier kind of guy, you want to get the most you can out of him, and that's in the rotation. So I, I said this on, on Carmen Yurko yesterday. Uh, going to be a guest with them throughout the baseball season, kind of giving them the White Sox perspective and hitting things around the league, too. It's looked to me for a little while here that the White Sox have, I don't know, something like 100 innings, you know, kind of toward the start of games, that they need to look to fill. And, and I, I would be comfortable if they were finding a veteran arm or arms, if they want to go the bullpen route, to fill some of those 100 innings. And that's just stuff like... You need to skip a starter. You need to go to a six-man rotation, which the White Sox have kicked around a little bit. I think a lot of teams will, given the long stretches that they're going to have to play here without off days because of this, uh, because of the lockout. So uh, I think that means the White Sox, it sounds like the White Sox could be in on some veteran arms. And that 
may not even be guys to necessarily compete for a starting rotation spot. Although, if they brought someone in that could give an honest competition to Kopech and Dallas Keuchel toward the bottom of the five, that would be a welcome thing. Competition matters on a team uh, like the White Sox, who have, you know, depending on where you look, I, Tyler, I don't know what your favorite book is, but I can see the White Sox as a, they're, they're a top five, top six, in some places, top three favorite to win the World Series. I've got them at plus 1,100 with the Blue Jays and with the Mets, with only three teams having, uh, what would that be, shorter odds to win. The, the Dodgers are the consensus favorite in a lot of places. Right. I think that's probably the perfect spot, both for expectations and also if you want to get in on the action too yeah. i think you don't want to be the favorite and and if you're in that three to six range you're talking about realistic chances to actually win the world series dodgers astros yankees in most mm-hmm. of the places your top three favorites astros and yankees sit in something like plus 900 and what i would say too is the white Sox are better constructed than the yankees right now in my opinion but obviously the yankees are the brand that they are so they're going to receive the money that they do as a result of that so i kind of like where the white Sox sit there both from a value standpoint while also having a realistic chance of winning the World Series, too. Now, I know what you're saying. Connor, Tyler, my God, how are you talking about World Series odds when there are something like 300 free agents yet to sign? Well, it's a great question, and I'm glad you asked. We'll get to who's out there and who the White Sox could add, and in short order, when we come back. It's ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports is the home of the White Sox. We're on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Follow us at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Welcome to White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. Perfect space for you and your group. Learn more about our party areas, including diamond suites or a patio party. You know what I'm going to say now. I I love the patio parties at Guaranteed Rain Field. (laughs) It's been a long time, but my goodness, is that fun. Start planning your outing to the ballpark today. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit whitesocks.com. So I mentioned we were going to talk a little free agency, but on the Twitch chat, you can go follow us on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Just log in and say hi. There's a lot of you in there now. Hello, Twitchers. We love you all. Um, I was talking about the pitching depth of the White Sox in the prior segment. And uh, what is the handle here? Capitalist Czar is the handle on Twitch. He or she asked, so is the end game with Crochet going to be as a starter or closer? Because we're talking about pitching depth and where these innings are going to come from. And I, I kind of forgot to mention uh, Garrett Crochet, but Rick Hahn did not. So before we get to the free agency options for the White Sox, um, both in the pitching side of things and potentially um, in the other places, you know, like second base or in right field, here's what Rick Hahn said about Garrett Crochet's role in 2022. I mean, again, let's see where everybody's at over the next few weeks, especially Garrett. Uh, I think that you're going to see him use primarily as in the bullpen role. Uh, it may look a little similar to how how Kopech was used in 2021 in terms of the occasional longer outing or the occasional spot start as needed. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, today the answer is probably the same as it would have been for going back to the GM meetings because want to see the player and where he's at and, and build a plan for him once once we're all together. Two things in there that I kind of want to I want to stress were repeated themes in Rickon's press conference and. 
I, I get that some of this sometimes sounds like GM speak, right, or, or coach talk or like organizational sort of fluff. Um, but I, I did t- kind of – I took a listen to a handful of these kind of uh, GM press conferences just to, you know, whether reading transcripts or whatever, just going to kind of get the pulse of the league. And what you'll hear is, you know, from Rick and from, from other GMs, it, it's been a common theme. The intake process of this, finding out where their guys are at health-wise – um, it is crucial and, and really important right now. Teams truly were not able to converse with their players. In, in very rare situations, and Rick Hahn did talk about it on his press conference, in situations like the Cubs had with former White Sox Cody Hoyer, um, Hoyer went through Tommy John surgery, I, I want to say like a week ago, maybe something like 10 days ago, in surgical issues, in, in medical surgical issues, players and teams were able to get in contact through doctors. Other than that, there's no conversation. There's no, you can't talk. So finding out where everybody's at health-wise, innings-wise, load-wise, all this sort of stuff, crucial to figuring things out. Now, the other thing I'll, I'll underline for you here is this. If you're, if you're, oh, my God, just give us a roll for Garrett Crochet or this, that, or the other. Just make, your, make up your mind. Go look. Go open up. Your app, whichever your preferred one is, or go head to the ESPN 1000 website. Just click on the White Sox schedule. Go to WhiteSox.com. Click on the schedule. Look at the schedule. There's a lot of games. I mean, because of the compressed nature of this thing, because we're starting late, you're gonna that schedule is going to look different to you than when you've looked at it in the past. There just aren't as many off days, and that obviously puts a burden on the pitching staff from one all the way down to the last four or five guys are going to be optioned up and down all season long. That matters quite a bit. So being able to be versatile with a guy like Garrett Crochet could be huge. Maybe he starts a couple of games. Maybe he starts uh, the back end of a doubleheader on some days. Maybe he's maybe he's closing a time or two as Liam Hendricks takes more bulk innings in the middle of a long stretch, something like that. I think teams are going to have to get creative with the way they use their pitchers. Uh, rosters were set at 26 again for the regular season, and I believe it is that way throughout the length of the CBA. Um, there are a couple of things in the CBA that may change over time. One of those things was something, a, a big roadblock we heard about late yesterday, the day before, was the international draft. Now, I won't do a whole episode here on the international draft, but the two sides, the Players Association and the league, are going to talk more about whether or not to have an international draft as the summer goes along. June 25th, I want to say, is the deadline for those two sides to make a decision on that particular issue. Uh, that was a big sticking point for about two days of these discussions. Um, but that's, that's, that's kind of, I don't know how we got on the international draft, but that's the update on that. Now, free agency. We already had a couple people sign. Clayton Kershaw is going back with the Dodgers. We found that out last night. Kershaw is one of my absolute favorites to watch pitch. And I was, I don't know, I, I'm glad to see Kershaw back with the Dodgers. He's always been a Dodger. He probably should always be a Dodger if they've got the money for him and he wants to be. Um, I also kind of was excited to see Kershaw maybe move to a different spot. You know, new face, new place is always kind of fun. Kershaw, though, in Dodger blue makes a lot of sense. It's just That's kind of just summer, right? Kershaw seems like the guy, too, who, if he's not going to be a Dodger, he's going to hang it up. It, right? I Just think that's the way that he'll go out. Right off into the mm-hmm. sunset. Yeah. That's a very Clayton Kershaw thing to do, right? Maybe never hear from him again. Show yeah. up at, like, yep. a Dodger re- World Series reunion yep, night. Exactly. And you're like, oh, I'll be de- I, Clayton Kershaw's made it. Look at that. 
What a good... It's like Mark Burley, kind of. Well, Burley was around for a while. You know, he would do... He watched his perfect game with Chuck on NBC Sports. That was really cool to watch. But he was kind of in the background. And when he came back for Mark Burley Day, when they retired the number, everyone was like, well, B, Mark Burley, good to see you, it's man. It's going to be an event when Clayton Kershaw is back in your life. Yeah. Like, he's not going to go do the front office thing. I no. don't think he'll do the TV thing either. He's going to rope and ride or something. Yeah. I mean, he's got a bunch of kids and that whole thing, too. He's a big family guy. I mean, when you have kids, I think mostly you are a big family person that decision gets made for you um carlos rodon signed with the giants uh, what was it steve ciszek to the nationals correct this yes. morning was mm-hmm. a signing there have been some other uh minor league signings um and some other smaller names got signed over last night um if anyone signs while we're on air you'll hear it here we've got the breaking news sounder ready to go to ready to go ready to go Rick Hahn talked yesterday also about where the White Sox roster is at and whether adding to places outside of just pitching is something that might be happening soon. We're prepared to go forward with the roster we have right now. However, we are fully aware that there's places where we can get ourselves better, uh, pitching staff and position player-wise. I did allude to... uh, Again, for various reasons, idiosyncratic to this season and, and where we're at today, that the pitching concerns may be a little heavier on our mind than the position player side of things. But generally, if there's a way to improve the club, we're going to exhaust those opportunities here over the next few weeks. Uh, I know, you know there was some uh, understandable expectation that the second the lockout was lifted, that there were going to be all sorts of deals and a feeding frenzy, sort of like we see in uh some of the free agencies in, in other sports. Uh, that said, given the fact that we weren't able to communicate with agents and other clubs, I'm, I'm not surprised it's been a little bit slower than anticipated at this early stage, but I think it also means that this is probably going to continue at this pace or continue to have these dialogues and chances to improve, likely leading right up to the opener. So that's Rakan shedding some light on on something that many of us seem to have had wrong. We'll get to what the White Sox may, uh, might add and what he's talking about in terms of the roster in just a second. But so many of us, uh, myself very much included, expected a real frenzy of free agent signings once these... Gosh, we're using frenzy a lot as baseball people over the last few days. And it's not happening. Um, there haven't been a lot of free agent signings. I mean, I could list them for you on on maybe two hands so far and that includes a lot of minor league signings um, and even some internationals instead it's been kind of a slow drip of news carlos rodon's off the board kershaw's a dodger all that kind of stuff um but what rick is saying here is that this lack of communication you know the cutoff between uh, teams their players teams and other teams has really put a halt on what can quickly get done yeah there were talks late into the Last into the start of the lockout, you know, Carlos Correa apparently had had a contract extended to him uh, by a team or two. The White Sox were talking, were trying, it seemed, um, to perhaps kick the tires on a trade of Craig Kimbrell. All these kind of things were going on, uh, but restarting that kind of stuff is going to be just a little bit more difficult to do, it sounds like. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. Told you that you, know, you want to talk White Sox? Any questions on the board for you there? What do they need to do going forward? That's up and out there. Uh, also, if you got any questions about the new CBA, the way we're going to play baseball from here on out, feel free to give us a call. That's what Eddie on the north side has done, and he's on White Sox Weekly. Eddie, what's up, my man? 
Hey guys, how you doing? Yeah, I mean, one of the big things of where the strike was going on is is, is tanking. Where is Theo, the king of it? That that was for supposed to be for the fans. I, I haven't heard anything about it. What you, I mean, there, there's no solution about it. Did, did they change anything? Yeah, you know, they have changed a couple of things, Eddie. The the draft, the minor league draft, the uh, the Rule Four draft, the the standard amateur draft, the one where kids come out of college or high school here from the states in North America and a couple of other countries. There is now a draft lottery of six teams. So they're going to take six teams, put them in the blender. You get the, there's some odds, some you know percentage chances that some of those teams win the number one picks. And I think it will do some to fix tanking, but not a lot. But you yeah, got to remember the thing, they, the thing that they can do, and this this is this is very simple for them to do. All the teams that don't make the playoffs, they take the four teams out of the playoffs that have the top records and have a little mini series. That's four teams only. Whoever wins out of them four teams that they tried their hardest to get a good record and get up to that, out of that four, and this can go, you know, to the playoffs, some, you know, in between games where they're not playing. Whoever wins that series gets the number one draft pick. All the other ones get the exact same amount of balls. Well, it's, it. it's not happening. Uh, we're not doing not, that. No, it's not in the CBA. But we are. there are 12 teams in the playoffs now, too. So, you know, whether that, from your perspective, fixes tanking or rewards having a more mediocre roster because 12 teams are going to get in, that's up to you to decide. Eddie, appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for chiming in. I, no, I, I don't think I don't think baseball fixed tanking, right? But then again, I don't think any sport really has. You know, the, the National Basketball League has uh, the National Basketball Association has a draft lottery, but still has teams that tank. You know, for Zion or for for anybody else um, that's up there at the number one pick. Really, the NFL is is the only sport in which tanking isn't necessarily a thing. And even then, you've got teams like the Dolphins selling off everything you can for a whole bunch of draft picks to try to build back. You can do it in about a year. And the NFL is kind of the only difference. Um, a little bit more from Rick Hahn here. Want to talk? Uh, he ra- wanted to talk a little bit, or was asked some, I should say, uh, about all of the off-season work he did. What was being done during the lockout? What were you able to do? Do you feel it was, I don't know, successful in any way, productive in any way? And and how is the, have those plans changed now that we are back to uh, it's not business as normal, not business as usual, but it's business and it's happening fast. We had all sorts of different scenarios mapped out on what will happen if we're able to acquire this player. What does that lead to here? Sort of a you know plan A through plan I don't know R <laughs> in terms of different scenarios about how this would go. Uh, in reality it's only been the last 18 hours that we're able to sort of see what's possibly viable and what's not. Uh, I guess the the best way to put it is uh, we know we have a team that's very capable of winning a championship as it is, but that's not going to stop us from continuing to explore every different avenue to improve the club. And when, you know, it's easy for us to sort of do that in our offices and, and you know, and, and out at minor league mini camp or whenever we're able to sort of gather as a group of staff members. Uh, but really, it's now you, you blend those plans with reality here over the, the next several weeks. And, and again, it, it, we're, we're, it's nice that we have the opportunity to get better now, uh, regardless what happens between now and opening day. Uh, 
it's going to those we're going to continue to explore those opportunities well into the season and through the trade deadline it, it's uh, we know we know where we're at as an organization right now and and finding a way to get better is is not going to stop uh tonight it's not going to stop in, in a week once we start getting in the games and it's certainly not going to stop come opening day so what are the ways the White Sox could get better in this offseason? We'll get to that next. It's White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly. Listen to Chicago's home for sports on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000. Now on the home of the White Sox, here's Connor McKnight. Baseball's back. We haven't left you here on White Sox Weekly. But baseball is back. The White Sox will start spring training next week. They've got a game against the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> the Cleveland Guardians on the 19th. That's Saturday the 19th. Um, our spring training broadcast schedule will be tweeted out very shortly. Either I kind of sounds like... I mean, Eric Ostrowski is our executive producer of White Sox baseball, and it sounds like he's been working feverishly for like the last seventy-two hours. The guy's probably not so he's probably like baby on the hip and like calling all of our our important personnel, figuring out what our schedule is for the last seventy-two hours. The guy's working his tail off. Uh, Len and DJ are going to be in Cam- at Camelback Ranch in just a little bit, and we're going to be broadcasting games. You can follow us at ESPN White Sox on Twitter. Uh, for that latest information, I'll retweet it as well, at C1McKnight. That's well you're here. Uh, so the White Sox um, are still looking to include, or, or rather improve, their roster. You heard Rick Hahn pretty, um, what would you say, just kind of a, at ar- a free agency at arm's length, I guess, in, in most of his comments. But that doesn't mean that the White Sox can't snap into action. Um, I think reassessing the marketplace and figuring out where guys are at, what offers were good, what's still on the table, uh, what team front offices have changed. I mean, listen, there's one in, in the Marlins who had Derek Jeter resign just in the last two weeks or so. They were said to have been, I don't know if deep in conversations with Nicholas Castellanos is, is the right adjective, but certainly in those conversations and whether those have needed to be, I don't know, reworked, walked back, done over just because Jeter has left. I mean, he's a big piece of that organization. Uh, things like that happen, and that opens up new destinations for potential free agents. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Michael Conforto, former Met outfielder, lefty stick, a lot of good years leading up until 2019, 2020, and then last year, not his best seasons. Uh, was injured in some of those places, but could certainly be a guy to, if not take the full-time reps out there in one of the corners, platoon with the other right-handed bats the White Sox have in either of those spots. Second base is an issue as well, and while that marketplace was pretty well picked over by some top-tier players, uh, by some teams looking for top-tier players leading up to the lockout, you know, guys like Semien and um, some shortstops that went that affected the second base market. There's still Trevor Story out there if he's interested in playing second base and the White Sox want to dabble at the top of the marketplace. Could be interesting. And of course, of course, and this is probably the biggest White Sox topic leading up to the lockout was whether or if or when Craig Kimbrell would be traded. The White Sox control his final year on the contract with about $16 million. Kimbrough was a win-now kind of move that the White Sox grabbed from the Cubs. He was the best reliever on the market in the, at that trade deadline. 
Uh, and it just didn't work out for Kimbrell and the Sox, uh, whether that was an innings issue, a save situation issue or not. Um, we'll probably see Craig Kimbrell report to camp, mostly because players got to be there by the end of tomorrow, it sounds like, is the report deadline date for teams to report for players to report to their teams. So that means Kimbrell could be in camp while the White Sox are potentially working the phones on a trade. It's something that they have been very open to uh, to talking about the potential of, of having that happen. And that doesn't mean that, that Kimbrell can't start the season with the White Sox. He's still an elite reliever, and you know, you figure he gets his innings kind of thing hammered out and just kind of becomes uh, the middle-of-the-road Craig Kimbrell. That would be a big addition to the White Sox bullpen, considering uh, what he was only able to offer last year in terms of production. Now, you, you could get up to the trade deadline. And move some pieces there as well. You know, pitching can move in places like that. And, and if there is a, a reliever that needs to be had or the White Sox have a surfeit of it, maybe you could be able to move Craig Kimbrell then. Speaking of the trade deadline, I'll tell you one little tidbit here from the new CBA in just a second. You can stay up to date on all things White Sox by following the team's official social media accounts. Don't miss a minute of the action on and off the field. Follow at White Sox on social today saw them tweeting and posting and instagramming a couple of different things the uh let's see tim anderson was in camp taking some cuts i think i saw lance uh lance lynn throwing around a little bit liam hendricks was on the field throwing and swearing up a storm because that's what liam hendricks does uh just talking about the trade deadline and i saw this earlier uh or late last night i guess i should say the trade deadline is no longer one set date and i guess technically speaking it hasn't been for like the last decade or so it's moved a couple of times uh especially last year and obviously you know within the 2020 season when there weren't all that kind of stuff but now the commissioner can set the trade deadline date really kind of at any point between july 29th all the way up to august 3rd and he'll set that you know leading into the season it's not like he's going to move it in that weekend or anything like that. Uh, but that's to allow teams over the weekend or, or just, you know, timing wise, uh, to get themselves set and ready to go with a little bit more time. So that's going to be new in this 2022 CBA as well. We covered as much as we possibly could. There is, you know, after 99 days of having virtually no baseball news, there's so much to talk about with this new CBA with where the White Sox are headed and what's coming up for your favorite squad in 2022. Can tell you this. Thanks so much for listening over the last 99 days. We're really looking forward to having one heck of a spring training uh, of White Sox content here on White Sox Weekly. Spring training starts on the 19th. The White Sox play the Guardians. And you want to be tuned to ESPN White Sox on Twitter for all the latest about our broadcast schedule as that's getting set as we speak. For Tyler Aki, I'm Connor McKnight. White Sox Weekly is back next Saturday with baseball to talk about. It's ESPN 1000.